What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 135 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. We're back. It's a big, big week. We are in the OLED Switch Afterglow. Reggie's writing a book. Steam is entering into the handheld hardware race. And we've got a bunch of questions from the folks at home. It's going to be a jam-packed episode. How are you feeling this week? Uh, I'm I'm really happy. It's a nice sunny day out. We've got some awesome news. I'm super excited about some of it. Uh, it's, it's a good one. And it's actually episode 135 this week, unlike last week, where you totally got it wrong. I did not, and there is no evidence to show that at all. How dare you accuse me of messing up the number of this fine program. All right? This show has a legacy, and I honor it every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, if this is your first time joining us on this illustrious program, this is, of course, the podcast, LewPods.com's weekly video game podcast, where Steve and I get together and talk about everything going on in the world of gaming, what we're playing, you know, reading some questions from you fine folks at home. It's a great time. We have lots of fun, and you have lots of fun. That's why you keep coming back and why you show your support over on Patreon.com slash LewPods, where for just a buck, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, where Steve and I keep the mics rolling. And, uh, yeah, we talk about what's going on in our lives, talk about stuff that didn't make it to the main show. It's crazy enough, as great, as incredible, as illustrious as this show is, After Dark might even be better. You know, maybe that's a hot take. Maybe not. Who's to say? You'll have to find out. So uh, if you want to get some more stuff from us, we're all over the web. Wherever you get your video game content, where they're making something for you, head over to the YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. Um, share it with your friends if you like what we do over here. Head over to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash lootpots, where every Thursday we're getting together and streaming some goddamn video games. Uh, it's a good time. We have a lot of fun. You have a lot of fun. That's why you keep coming back, right? That's what we're doing here. So uh, go check us out wherever you want to check us out, wherever you get your stuff, whatever kind of stuff you like. We're there. We're doing something. Come hang out. Come be a part of it. Come show your support. Uh, we really appreciate it. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump into what we're playing this week. Uh, I we, we got a lot to talk about, but I want to just cut to the chase. Steve, how much Mass Effect have you played, and are you going to pick a fight mm. with me this week? I'm not going to pick a fight. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I than I was last week. I'm All right. The, Good. I'm off the Citadel. I'm a Spectre now. All right. Um, I wasn't happy that the captain lost his job. That was, you know, the ambassador's a piece of work, I'll tell you. It's and not nice. Captain Anderson, great guy. Yeah, gone. Just gone. But, you know, he failed before because of what's his chops. Back stabbed him in the back and did that explosion thing. So I'm getting into the story. You're getting you know? in. You're, you're, you're getting Sometimes it's... Sometimes it's a bit cheesy, and I'm like, oh, God. But, you know, I think that's part of the course on any sci-fi media. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. I'm So I'm on the ship. I haven't landed where we're going to land yet. Uh, I've I experienced my first elevator ride where it's like press A to skip because obviously that was a loading screen at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah. And uh, you can just be like, nah, I don't want to know about any of this. Um but I'm so glad I'm off the Citadel. I was like running backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. It's like, go to this nightclub, find this person, then go to this alleyway and, and get this piece of information. Go back to the nightclub and go to the back room. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, go to the back room and find Fist. And then uh, this guy was like, oh, I need my wife's dead body back. And I, I tried very loosely. I was like, I went to go speak to the guy in the ambassador's lounge. Didn't, didn't try that hard, though. Didn't I came do it? back and I was... 
I was like, they're not going to give it to you. Uh, they need the body. Sorry, mate. Piss off, basically. You're such <laughs> I'm be bothered with that. <laughs> you know what, though? He made a good point. It was like, he's, she's going to save way more lives by letting us do these tests and stuff. And I was like, wow, you know what? Steve. Fair enough. Wow. I feel like they should do those tests and then. And then cremate the body and give him the ashes, and then he can do the funeral what he wants. All right. I mean, look you know. at it this way. She, you know, she knew what she was signing up for when she joined the military. That's fair. Yeah. And she died, you know, in the line of duty in battle. She knew what was going to happen, and I understand that as a civilian, he's obviously not happy about that. But I was just trying to know. give a poor old widower a little peace of mind, Steve. But you know, I guess if you want to get all uh, the greater good about it, sure. <laughs> so I, I've been getting all my my paragon points, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the other side is, but you know I think I got some some nasty points for for that. For that. I'm not, sure you did, yeah. yeah. Giving him the body. He was like, "I knew you military types would side with one another. You're you're all the same." And I'm like, "Wow, that's not nice." Now that's is so it? funny that character. Um, it. I won't. I won't spoil the context of this, but I, in, in Mass Effect Two, uh, you have a system where you, you get emails to your. You have like a private terminal, and that guy will send you an email uh, if you helped him out. I wonder if he sends you one because you didn't. Oh, help him. I'd be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really, I've just been a dick. Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if you're gonna get an email from him. He's like, "Fuck you, Shepard." <laughs> I don't. Honestly, I don't care. And I hacked into some terminal in i don't know some some room with one of those people that look like lizards and oh, well, wait, wait, wait. which ones like the ones that are constantly working on the computers or no the okay. ones that i've got on my team and he's got like the paint turians. on his face yeah the turians. yeah yeah, yeah. Got, he got was like lizards. he was like what are you doing here and i was like you know it's come for some information and he had nothing to give me so i hacked into the computer and found some information myself there you go you're yeah. creatively you know, solving problems so- I've got some real Deus Ex vibes about this game, and I and I loved the Deus Ex games. I do wish there was more hacking, but I'm guessing that's going to progress as I go further down the line. And maybe if I was a tech, then I'd have had more of that element. But I'm enjoying it. I just picked up some big frog guy. He's joined the team. Uh, Rex, yeah. Mm, so he's joined the team. I, I let him a, come uh, with me. I had a bearded dragon that I named after him. Um, <laughs> of course. the, the mid-2000s, yeah. <laughs> or not Rex. Yeah, he, I didn't think it was going to go well um, when he was, you know, being a bit aggressive about giving me the money. I was like, I'm a bounty hunter. You stole my job. How dare you? I was like, this is this is not going to end well. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I want to come with you. And I was like, sure, why not? I'm just taking anyone along for the ride yeah. and I'll swap between them as, as I please. So okay. I've got him and I've got the dude on my team. So I've got a nice bit of purple bar, a nice bit of blue bar and a nice bit of red, red bar. I don't know what they mean yet. But I've got a little I mean, bit of everything. That's right, though. I mean, you're doing it right because the red bar is like firepower. It's like gun power, basically. The purple is tech, and the blues biotics. Like that's what mm. you want. You want a mix of those three things. Um, that's literally the squad I use for that whole game. Is uh, Rex, Garrus, and and Shepard. Like I switch oh, out the okay. other characters sometimes, but I love those those two guys um, together. Yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with that. And I've realized the guy on the ship who's flying it, do you know who he sounds like? And it might actually be him. It sounds like Seth Green. It is Seth Green, yeah. Well, that explains it. I was like, 
his voice is so familiar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I placed it. And I was like, that's Seth Green. And I was like, no, it's probably not because, you know, this is an old game. And I, I, it's interesting to know that it is Seth Green. Yep. Yeah. He, oh, wow. okay. he is one of two characters, I think. No, three. If you're not counting like very minor characters, he is one of probably four characters that are in all four are in all three games. <laughs> okay. Wow. He really uh he really was in for the long haul on that role then. It's a great ship. Or uh, great uh, great great pilot. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. I don't even know the name of my ship, but you know, I'm not massively fond of it. Yeah. We'll see. You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. Well, good. I'm so glad. I don't know where I'm going now. I'm on my way to somewhere. I went where the ambassador told me to go. I had like three options. It was like, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start here. Or I'm just going to go where you tell me. So I'm going where he told me at the moment. And I'm going to land soon. And I think it's Isles. I think it's the first one. You Maybe I'm, no, maybe I'm mixing up planets. Maybe I'm following the I'm following the guy that, that double-crossed the, the council and they weren't happy about right. it. Do you know, I, I've realized I really want to play one of the blue people. They just look so cool. I wish I had a blue person on my team or I could play as a blue person because I like them. They just look really, really cool. It's a really cool character oh, uh, design. The Asari? The, yeah. With the, the tentacle heads? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're so cool looking. And do you know what? They're so much nodding at each other in this game. Just I so saw, much. I saw you make that tweet about somebody should just make a super cut of all the nods. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of just like they're just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's so much of it just so much nodding at each other it's so funny it's really funny and <laughs> i'm like yeah i guess people would do that in real life yeah. like she gave she gave the guy who was like you're not going to join the council blah 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 she came to the right side eye and was like no she's fucking joining the council <laughs> she's gonna be one of the specters yeah, yeah. you shut your face i love it i love i love like how much stuff there is like that because like i think you're like you're right that like it definitely is like people nod people do things like that but because mm -hmm. it is that like 2006 animation like it's very like <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of that yeah it reminds me of that gif of uh of the two um, I can't remember the the crew members. I'm not a big Star Trek guy, but of, it's the two Star Trek crew members, and they're just they have their mouths like very like, hmm, and they're just nodding back and forth at each other. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It might be Riker. I got. I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's usually Riker. Riker's usually in the memes. Riker's the one that's like, you ever seen that supercut of? Or, I don't know what he did. He must have done this like story. Like, tell a story thing, and it was like, did you guess what it was? No, not this time. Hmm, not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks it looks like it's it's Kirk, and I think the Doctor, the Doctors usually wear blue, right? Oh, is it original Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know any anyone in original Star Trek. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting on with it. I, I thought, um, it's like I said, right? I thought if you got past the Citadel that you would start to get in a rhythm with it and, and start getting to the parts that are the things yeah. that you would connect with a little bit more. It, it was a lot better once I started picking up people for my party and I started, you know, connecting the fact that everyone's got this single goal of, of trying to save the galaxy or whatever from this person who seemingly wants to destroy it for some reason. Don't know what his motive is yet, but seemingly he was uh, a nasty piece of work. 
even 10 years ago when when the captain tried to become a spectre but failed because he was double crossed by this person this dude's a racist. so yeah he's he's horrible <laughs> so we'll uh we'll chase him i'm sure i'll i'll get him maybe i don't get him in this game maybe you know i gotta wait two more games to finish him off we'll see i hope there is a conclusion because i'll be very disappointed otherwise oh, i'm so excited for you to get further <laughs> so did you you got tolly too then right you picked up three crew members? Who? The the younger girl who's like in the suit? She's yeah, like I think so. Suit. Yeah, you pick her Yo, up. Yo, no, I don't think she joined me. No? Maybe. What did you do? I don't know. <laughs> Is she one of the ones with the like, she looks like she's wearing a gas mask? Yeah. No, I don't think she joined me. Oh, Steve, no. <laughs> Wait, really? Are you Maybe she did. I don't know, but I haven't like picked her as my person. I've got quite a lot of people on the menu now okay. i'll have a look i'll double check because i'm sure it i'm sure it like basically forces you to take them with you i don't think there's a way you can not take them i don't know with this one because i know that you cannot get people in in two so i'm not sure that works in the first game we'll have to see i hope you did oh, okay <laughs> oh she was the one in the alleyway that i saved yeah right? you saved her yeah i think maybe she did join then okay and I didn't put her on the team because she was like all purple or something. That's fine. I yeah, like, I don't. don't I, I don't really use her in combat a lot in the first game, but she's uh she's another character you, like you definitely want to have along. She's has she's one of the ones that's in every game. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting on with it. I I thought if you got past the Citadel that you'd start to get a relationship with it, and it's. I think Mass Effect, like, you have to get past some of the things about it that are old or janky, and, like, it's getting in on the story that's going to get you past those things, you know? The fact that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah they... like, I like this I like this character, I like the world, I like this race, I'm like, alright, you're starting to, it's starting to get its hooks in you. Those are the good things. Mm -hmm. It's the lore, it's the story, it's all that, you know? Yeah, I think because I put the combat on easy now, I think I can get past the fact that every character is just a bullet sponge and mm. there's no real it doesn't feel like if i do a headshot it's more effective than if it i just shot them for what it's worth right okay I, I i mean i'll try and i'm sure once i've upgraded my weapons and i've got more skills and i've turned off the auto level for me but the rest of the team i'm just letting them auto That's level because i want to be able to pick my skills and stuff uh, so I, I am getting I'm getting more into it and I'm like three and a half, four hours into it now. Cool. So I'm sure now is when it like really opens up into yeah. into its own. I just it really is a slow burn at the beginning of this game. Yeah. I can see why people I can see why people just put it down and don't pick it up again, because that's a that's a big time investment to get to what is the main crux of the game. Yeah. And I get that this is probably the first game of its type back in 2007, 2006, 2007, whenever yep. it came out. And it's like, now I don't think we need those explanations and stuff. So maybe that's why it's a bit of a slog, but you said even back then you, you struggled with it and you put it down and then didn't pick yeah. it up for a while. So and it granted, could just even be that's what the game's like. When I played it the first time, it was also already old. So like right, okay. grain of salt, you know, like when I, I, it came out in 2006, I think I played it in 2011 or 12, maybe, um, mm -hmm. I was in college already when I played it. So, um, you know, I remember thinking that that was a little bit long at that point too, <laughs> but yeah, this was one of the first games on the Xbox 360, you know? Um, so 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, there are things about it that are just dated, you know, and like it is what it is. Um, but I, I think it's it's worth playing because the story of one is still really good, and the context that you get for it that you carry into two and three is is it worth it? You know, it's worth that three hour investment because I genuinely think the rest of it doesn't have that problem. You know, uh, Mass Effect Two like starts. And it's like the fucking, it starts in the middle of a scene and it's like already like you're off to the races, you know? Because um, you've, you've had that context and you know all about this universe and this world because you've, you've played the first one, presumably. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting to that and getting past, you know, now I've got past all that crud and that like line up to me becoming a spectre. Now that I am that, I'm hoping I can just, you know, play and sell through the game over the fact that the combat's not great and hopefully improves in number two. I'm sure it will from the what you told me with the ammo too. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm here for the combat. If I wanted great gunplay, I'd go play Destiny. Exactly. You know, you're here for the story and you're here for the choices and the things that you can you can do. So uh, I know I was really negative on it last week and I apologize if it came across that I was like trying to pick faults with it, but that was 100% how I felt. It wasn't a case that I was trying to hate the game. Uh, I just, you know, <laughs> I it was it got to a point where I was like, "Why has Pete recommended this game for me? It's awful." But uh, you know, I, now it's opening up. I can I can see myself enjoying it. And it's funny because like I I knew where I get where you were coming from, you know. Um, but I I was very afraid that you were gonna like not just not pick it up again. You know that you were gonna do the Fire Emblem thing where you're like, ah, "I played 45 minutes of it. I'm done." And you Fire went back Anthem, to that. Though, you I went back to go that. back to Fire no. Anthem. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, I don't, we're good now, right? Like, that's fine. You, you gave it a shot. It's fine. Not for you, not for you. But I was really afraid that you were going to, like, get stuck at the tutorial and then be like, ah, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite that bad. Uh, maybe this is the year I just take all your recommendations because I've been playing Link's Awakening more and you loved this it. week. Like, I, I wouldn't say loved. I enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, fine. Um, it was it was a great game. Like it's a great game. It is really quirky. It's really fun. It's gorgeous. Has some te- technical issues with the frame rate yeah. slowdown. My biggest gripe with it is the last two dungeons are insufferably difficult and obtuse, and there's no way you can get through them without a guide. And it's I just don't understand why they're that complex and cumbersome because it's not even a case they that challenge you, Steve. That it's not even a case that the puzzles are enjoyable though. It's just annoying to go round the dungeon in a loop a million fucking times to get some ball to smash down some columns. And it's like, I don't care about this. I don't want to do this. I just want to progress through the dungeon. Whereas all the previous dungeons, and even the last dungeon, it was a case that you acquired something that helped you do that dungeon and then you used in other parts of the game like you would get the flippers which would let you swim through things or you would get the hook shot which would let you reach over to new areas of the dungeon you couldn't get to and the last dungeon you get that um that's like scepter thing that shoots fire and you can then get through the ice blocks that you you need to do so i i did have a good time with it I would say it's not a perfect game by any means, and I think it it probably has some design elements of a game of its time, which you would expect to. Yeah. Um, 
And it really is annoying to have to keep going back into the inventory to swap what items you're using. Like, oh I've got God. two buttons on the top you're that so I'm not funny. using. Like... I don't even want to hear that from you. Are you kidding me? In the original game, I had to pick between <laughs> a sword, a shield, and anything else. And you're like, ah, I'm going to use two at a time. Like, whatever. <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> you and but your modern time, conveniences. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a good time. Probably got into it. I did the... The color dungeon, and I got my blue or red tunic. Yeah, I went for the blue one in the end because I also got the I also got the forty seashells I needed in order to get the the sword. Respect. I think I'm gonna go back in now Respect, that I've. Steve. I think I'm gonna go back in now that I've finished the game to find the rest of the seashells, see what I get as the final thing, and also finish off the crane game because I think there's one item left to get. And I really want to know what you get from yeah. the crane game. Sounds like well. you were really lukewarm on this game. You never finish games. You finished it and you're like, I'm going to go do all the extra stuff. <laughs> I didn't say it was lukewarm on it. I really enjoyed the game. I just don't think it was... During Breath of the Wild, I never once got frustrated with the dungeons or the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And I know they're not like traditional Zelda dungeons in Breath of the Wild. But in this game, it re I don't know, maybe it's just a thing that old Zelda games did because seemingly Ocarina of Time has the water dungeon that everyone hates, the water temple. So so maybe it's just a thing that in all of these old games, there's one dungeon that's just awful. Just punishing. The, just fucking yeah, and punishing. The, <laughs> and the dungeon we did on stream was like that. That's the worst that one in the game. Around. Like, we, yeah, you by did, far. You timed that so and we did that by accident like i didn't know that that's where you were in the game you're like oh why don't we just stream some links awakening then and i was like that sounds great i'll watch you play links awakening and it's the ninth dungeon right ninth or no seventh Eighth i guess or ninth i think whatever it's the second to last one it's the last one you do mm -hmm. before the wind fish um and that is by far the worst dungeon in the game <laughs> that dungeon fucking and it's like it doesn't suck i don't think it's not like a bad dungeon it's just a bitch it's such a, like, you have to keep in mind where things are on different floors. Like, as it's, like, very, like, mm -hmm. it asks a lot And there's, like, one crystal. There's one crystal in the whole thing, and you have to there's hit three. it and remember, like... I've hit the, I've hit it, and then I've got to make sure that this is yellow or blue, and like then I can, you know, you've got to f map it all out in your head to try and figure it out, and it's really difficult. Like, how do I get this ball over that? And without that guide, there's no way I'd have got through it. Absolutely no way. Like, I had you, I had Ray on stream, yeah. like everyone was helping me and i was like this is so complex it's, like uh, ridiculously complex that was the first dungeon in the game on my playthrough in 2019 or 18 whenever it came out um where i had to pull up a guide because i got to that dungeon and i got to like the third key and like was working on the the pillars and stuff and like i, I got through like probably 50 to maybe 60 percent of it and then was like I have no fucking idea what I'm supposed to do right now. Like, I was so turned around, and I was like, I've gone in every room. Like, what's possibly left for me to do? Yeah. And it was that I had to go jump down a specific hole, and, like, I was like, okay, great. Yeah, because, like, some, some holes you can go down, some they just hurt you, and it's like, why? Like, this makes no sense. And I did have to look up in the last dungeon as well a couple of times because, you know, those weird... I don't know. They look like uh, they look like lawnmowers that make paths. Yeah. 
I didn't realize that I could move the left stick. Even though the owl said the left stick is the key, I just it never clocked in my head that when I press A, I'm then that thing and I can move it. Can- I, in my uh, mind, it was I press A, it goes forwards, it makes the path for me. And can, can I ask you a genuine I could question? Not get anywhere. Do you like? Do you not read text in games all the time? Because I feel like that's a problem that you run into a lot. Where you're like, yeah, I don't know what I was supposed to do, and it's like the game told you. <laughs> no, the game tells you like fill in all the holes. The L L stick is the key, and I'm like, no, it was like fill all the holes with, yeah, fill. Off, I don't know. Anyway, I was just like, that's an obtuse clue. I'll know give you that. <laughs> what I'm meant to do here, and and I'd already managed to get to one section with one of the path things because i'd got to this point then i didn't realize i have to go all the way around now it's told me that and fill in all of the holes and get the keys and and i just yeah my mind was like and i also never realized that i could use the magic dust to either stun enemies or like turn them into a different form so on that big jelly bean boss with the electric i didn't realize because i was like hitting him with everything i was like i tried bow and arrow i tried bombs i tried absolutely everything and nothing would work the boomerang and then i had to i had to look it up and it was like like blow magic dust on him and he'll turn into a, a different thing and then you can attack it and i was like I'd have never, ever thought to do that because in my eyes, the magic dust just turns on lanterns and that's all it did. <laughs> and I, just, so... I never thought to try it on anything else. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I don't use the magic dust a lot unless it's like for stuff like that where it's like you're supposed to use it. Um, but yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of that game is it just not telling you things. It's just like giving you very cryptic clues and being like, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's pretty funny. It, it, you said on stream right that this is you now consider this your second favorite Zelda behind Breath of the Wild. I th- I think so. Yeah, it, it nice. I think it just pips out uh, Wind Waker for me, but I do need to go back and play Wind Waker because it's been a good number of years since I played that game. I played it on GameCube and I haven't played it since. Ported um, to the Switch. So yeah, either port it to the Switch or I'm just going to boot Dolphin up and, and play that game because <laughs> I'm kind of in the mood to play some Zeldas and Skyward Sword, everything I've seen about it. Because it still really focuses on motion controls, I've watched uh, Digital Foundry's review of it, I've seen Nintendo Life's take on it. It very much is like, yes, we've mapped the controls to other things, but to get the best experience is, is really, you want to be using motion controls. And the visual style of that game just does not speak to me whatsoever. I just I just don't get it. But, you know, uh, seemingly for Zelda fans, if you haven't played that one, it's one to pick up, but I just don't think it's going to be my next one. I think there's so many other Zelda games I've missed. Like the GBA Zelda games, I started playing that one. Uh, Minish Cap, oh, I never finished it, so I, I need to go back Minish and play Cap. that. So I've got that going on my Vita. So I might play, I might play some Minish Cap as well. Um, you mean on I'm your Game Boy Advance? Move. I've got it on my Game Boy Advance. Yes, yeah. no, no other place whatsoever. No. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that. <laughs> never ever play this on an OLED screen ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Aside from those two, you also have a game called Overboard on your list? Yes. Have you heard of this? No. This is right up your alley, I think. It's incredible. I think this is probably my game of the year so far. What? Uh, 
I'm having an absolute blast with this game. The script is incredible. So it's a visual novel, and it's a murder mystery, but it's oh, got a twist. Oh, I have heard of this. I have <laughs> heard of this. Uh, uh, Greg Miller was just talking about this last week. Yeah. No, this looks so awesome. You th- yeah, so you threw your husband over the side of a ship, um, and then you wake up, and he you thought it was a dream. He's missing, and you're like, oh, shit. No, I actually killed my husband. Now what do I do? You have to try and not get arrested, and you have to try and pin this murder on someone else. So it it works in a series of loops. So you, you do these runs, and they're like 30 to 45 minutes each, and you just basically investigate the room that you're in there's like maybe some pills you have to pick up because your husband didn't come back last night the bed's not been slept in so do you make the choice to make it look like he came back last night and then he's disappeared somewhere today or do you leave the bed and say he never came back because there's also someone on board that he's been cheating with that you find out pretty soon in the game there's Don't like a bunch of other people <laughs> there's so there's so much going on in this game like you can go play cards with people um you can go have breakfast and sit down with people but it's so funny absolutely hilarious in places um the relationship between the character you play and this woman called clarissa is just so funny they hate each other with a passion and it's it's absolutely hilarious um so you essentially have to work out a series of puzzles in order to solve the game and you have to remember you have to remember things so like you wake up in the morning right yeah so you like wake up in the morning You've only got one earring in. So where where's your other earring gone? If someone finds that, they're going to know you were in a certain place. And you might not want them to know that you're in a certain place. So the first thing in the morning, do you go get that earring? Do you wait for someone to pick it up? Like, what do you do? You have to make that choice. And you ha- there's multiple ways you can beat this game. I've beat it once. Um, but I didn't beat I didn't like beat both of the win conditions. So there's two win conditions. I actually think there's a third you can unlock. Um, but I'm not 100% sure about that. So the two the two win conditions, um, basically you avoid arrest and there's another one. Um, so I avoided arrest, but I didn't get the other uh, the other win conditions. So I'm, I'm pinning it on someone. Uh, yeah, is pinning it on someone. So I made it look like a suicide. Um, and if you make it look like a suicide, you don't get the life insurance policy. Um, so she really <laughs> wants the cash. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, so- <laughs> so now I need to go back and make it look like uh, someone else did it. So I'm, there's multiple way, multiple people you can pin it on, uh, and there's there's some really fun ways to do it. It reminds me a lot of Hitman in the planning, um, but it's it's absolutely a visual novel. The the style and the aesthetic is great, but the script is really the draw to this game and just the concept. It's so fun, and if you've been looking for something like this, I, I recommend. Uh, if you like this kind of game, picking it up. It's on Steam and it's on Switch, but it's also on, um, I think it's on iOS, but I don't know if it's on Android. Uh, I'm playing it on on Switch and it's the perfect Switch game. I've been just playing it in bed um, before I go to sleep and it's just, it's it's so fun. Uh, I really, really up. think you'd like this game. Yeah, you really should pick it up. It's it's so good. Yeah, um, when, when I heard... Uh them talking about it on the kind of funny games cast i i was interested in it but the fact that you brought it up and you're so high on it i'm like all right i gotta i'll have to pull the trigger on that one yeah you definitely should what about you anyway have you been playing any games this week or have you had a bit of a quiet one you know like a pretty regular week playing some mass effect you know just doing my thing um and i you know i did something something interesting did happen yeah 
uh, I happened to pre-order a uh, Switch OLED edition. I, I genuinely can't believe you did it. Like we were discussing it last week when they announced it, and you were like, oh, "I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to bother." And I was thinking, "Yeah, okay, we'll see." And I genuinely can't believe you ordered one. You know, I can't either. Um, <laughs> I was very on the fence about it until the day I did it. Uh, but it just kind of came together. So I, um, I, I mentioned my, my friend Mike a lot, um, wrote for Lou Potts a couple times back in the day. Um, long time friend, long time friend of mine and in my band, long friend, time friend. Uh, and Mike had decided that, uh, he definitely wanted to get it right. hundred percent was going to pick this thing up. Um, so I, so I was looking. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye out. If I see the white one, I'm going to, you know, because he was able to get a pre-order for the neon one at like Target day one. Um, but nobody wants the neon one. That's why everybody can get the neon one. Everybody wants the yeah, white one. It's got, it's got the black dock, you know, if you yeah. wanted a black dock, you know, why? Yeah, you, you want, want the, the white, white one, dock. it looks fresh. You want the white Joy-Cons. Like, let's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's new. That's the hotness. That's what everybody wants, right? So I was like, all right, cool. I'll keep an eye out for you. And uh, Wario sixty four was posting about it the other day. I'm I'm sending Mike a link. You know, we're we're trying to open it up, see if we can get in there. And I was like, oh, you know what? Why don't we go to our local GameStop? I didn't think about that. That's how I got my PS five. I saw a bunch of people in the Wario sixty four like replies, being like, oh, go to your GameStop. I got one at my GameStop. I can't get one online, but whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go do that. Um, so I hit up Mike, and I was like, oh, GameStop, and we worked together. So I was like, let's go on lunch break. We'll take lunch right now. I'll come swing by and pick you up. We'll go and we'll, we'll get this done. We're halfway to the GameStop, which is maybe a five-minute drive, 10 minutes max uh, between us and, and where the lo- closest GameStop is. And halfway there, we both got it pre-ordered on Amazon through Wario 64. Oh, my God. So we're like, all right, let's just go get Taco Bell instead, I guess. <laughs> Mission success. So it was like... <laughs> The day that they had come out, right? I was like, "All right, I'll look and see. Like, you know, if I can, if I can get a pre-order, maybe I'll think about it." Um, and pre-orders went live while I was like on a work call. I wasn't really paying attention that much because I wasn't, I didn't care that much. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when they were all sold out, I was like, "Oh, I'm disappointed." <laughs> like, I, I oh, guess got that FOMO straight yeah, away. Yeah, right? I was like, "Oh, yeah. I, I guess I really did want one, huh?" Okay, well. If I can get one easily, I'll get one. Like, I'm not going to fight for it. I won't go out of my way. But if I can get one, I'll get one. Um, and, yeah, as soon as, like, the opportunity was in front of me, I was like, fuck it. Just just click it, Mike. Click print, place pre-order. <laughs> like, just do it. <laughs> I'm driving the car. Mike's got both phones open. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did I'm glad it. you clicked that because i was like please tell me you weren't using your no i wasn't driving driving. (laughs) i was driving but not using my phone (laughs) um and uh yeah so i so i got it and you know i i thought about it i i've i've kind of come to a a justification in my mind where my my launch switch right like i have a launch switch so the battery is bad and all that stuff and blah, blah 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 um so like i i would like an upgrade you know and my mm-hmm. thought is either I can take my launch switch and uh, 
sell it if I really want to. I might just keep it as like a, I love the Switch and I've loved the Switch and one day yeah. I would like I'm sure I will like to have them on display and everything and you know whatever. Have, have you thought about maybe jailbreaking it and going down that route? I have thought about that. Um and then the other thing I was so like there's a lot of things I could do with my I could let somebody borrow it. I could loan it to a friend who doesn't have one and let them experience like a Breath of the Wild or something like that. Like there's a lot of things I could do with it. Um, with it being an extra switch. Um, however, the thing I'm thinking, right, is we talked about one of the big reasons to maybe not get the OLED switch is that if the Switch Pro is actually coming out next year, maybe it's coming out in two years, whatever. So my thought now is, all right, well, if I keep my launch switch, what I can do is when my OLED switch comes over, right, transfer everything over to the OLED switch. When the Switch Pro is imminent, transfer everything back to my launch switch and then sell the OLED switch, and use that money to fund the Switch mm-hmm. Pro, or I give Sarah my OLED Switch, we sell her Switch, and then, you know, we uh, we go back to being a three-Switch family rather than a four-Switch family, and she gets a nicer one, I get a nicer one, you know. You know, the justification you've come up with is ridiculous. You could have just said... I had the money and I really wanted the Switch, so I bought it because oh. that's justification enough. I mean, but the fact that you constructed this whole thing in your mind and you're like, you know, I, I use a Switch a lot, I could do with a spare one, and then I can put the money towards the Switch. <laughs> Here's Pro. the thing, Steve. Here's <laughs> the thing. I, when I bought it, that was the, my original justification is, well, I want it, so I'm going to buy it. But it was after the fact when I'm like, ah, should I have done that? And I'm like, yeah. Was that yeah. when you had to explain it to Sarah? I'll tell you what, Steve. I I snuck this one by her. I really did. So here's what happened: the day the day that I just that I get it right, because I had we had talked about the new switch or whatever. Like she was like, "Oh, you think you're gonna get one?" Blah blah. And I was like, eh, "I don't know. Like, I'm, whatever. Like we'll see." Um, the day that I'm going to get it to go pick up Mike, I run up the stairs and I'm like, "Hey, babe. Um, I'm gonna go out and get lunch. Do you want anything?" And she's like, yeah, all right. And I was like, cool. Like, I want, I want to go to Taco Bell. And she goes, oh, like, why are you running out? And I was like, well, like, you know, Mike and I are going to go over to the GameStop and see if we can pre-order the new Switch. And she goes, oh, okay. And I and I was like, okay. And left and then came back and was like, I pre-ordered it. And she goes, you really snuck that one by me, huh? I was only half listening wow. when you said that to me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I mean, it's not my fault that you don't listen when I talk, right? Like, you know, <laughs> It's the first time I leveraged it to my advantage. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, OLED Switch coming to my house October. Let's go. Let's go, baby. You know what? Ultimately, you just you just expense that as, uh, you know. It's a business expense. I, I make content, and it's going to be a loot box expense. Done. Easy. Job Boom. done. I got to pay taxes on the income, you know, and like, yeah. write it right off. Yeah, exactly. Write it off, and then uh, you just got to say, you know, we need to do some coverage for the OLED Switch. So, yeah. How could we possibly have a competitive Nintendo podcast if I don't have commentary exactly. on the newest done. hardware? Easy. Had to be done. <laughs> you know, so now the you know government, give me a little kickback on that one. It'll work out. Because mm-hmm. there's a thing, right? To write something off, you have to justify that you've used it most of the time for work. Primary reason I bought this new switch, it's gonna make streaming a lot better with that that dock with the you know the little Absolutely. built-in dongle. Absolutely, yeah. You know? So you know, 
hey, worked out. And a good thing Uncle Sam doesn't know they sell a separate USB dongle that could have been used for used for that. What doesn't what Uncle Sam doesn't know won't hurt him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, I am. I'm excited to get my hands on it. You can tune in for uh, first impressions. I'll have them day one, baby. All right. So let's jump into the news. Uh, Reggie, Mr. Reggie Fieldsame, uh, former president of Nintendo of America, current president of our hearts, uh, is writing a book. Uh, he announced this yeah. uh, on Twitter. Uh, a couple days ago, where he said, yes, it's true, hashtag Reggie is writing a book uh, with a little cute little pixel gif of himself, which I liked quite a bit. Absolutely really cute. And uh, the book is called Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo. And uh, it's coming out next year in May. And I don't know about you, Steve. I have not been able to secure a pre-order because it's been sold out since the day he announced it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get this on Kindle, so uh, I don't I, have to I, worry about stuff. I could models. get it on Kindle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I generally like to get physical books. I, I'm, I like digital uh, reading. I, I have no problem reading on Kindle, um, but I prefer if that's like an extra or like I can get it for mm. cheaper or whatever because I like having a physical book because if it's a really good book, I like being able to go pass it off to somebody. Yeah, well, uh, you say that. Well, I listen to a podcast, and uh, someone on that podcast called John Syracuse that reads exclusively on Kindle. Okay. And buys every book he loves just so it can sit on his shelf with a perfect spine intact, so it's not been like broken in. I do that and with it's... comic books, so I respect the shit out of that move. Okay, you know, that's fine. I, you know what? That's that's the way to do it. You need to take care of your stuff. <laughs> Oh man! So I I'm really excited about this book. You know, um, I I love Reggie. Uh, I've always been a fan of of him, and just you know, I mean, when he was uh, a president of of Nintendo of America, um, he was always a likable guy. But I think in general, just you know, uh, even post that career, he's stayed in the space, trying to do a lot of positive things in the gaming space, yeah. and you know, trying to create opportunities um, for for like young people to break in and, and all that kind of stuff. He's always just seems like a pretty good dude. Um, and he's, uh, he's one, a fan in me, um, for life. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about, about his journey and everything like that. I don't, I don't feel like Reggie gets enough. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe credit's not the right word, but like, I don't, I don't feel like we ever talk about the fact that he was the, like, like how many bl prominent black, you know, leaders of, of a major video game company have there even been, you know, like not that many. Or even of a major company yeah. that's on the New York Stock Exchange. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a short list. A, yeah, a limited number. I'm also really interested to see some of the stuff pre-Nintendo. I feel like we don't know much about that. And like reading the blurb, you know, he was senior vice president of marketing at VH1. I had yeah. no idea about any of that. Mm -hmm. And he created marketing plans for the concert in uh, New York City and raised $35 million for a disaster relief in the wake of the September 11th attacks. It's like this man has done so, so much for so many industries and so many people and and he's just so humble about it, and he's just like, "I'm writing a book. Here you go." And like, that's it. It's like not out to any fanfare or anything like that. I, I, I just, I, he's such a likable person, and um, yeah, I'm absolutely going to pick this book up when it comes out next May. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, a figure that I, I in the industry I have a, a ton of respect for. So I'm I'm very interested to uh to learn a little bit more about the man. Um Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled on that one. Um I will definitely be tweeting when it's pre orderable again because I've been checking it every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh before we jump into our main topic, we've got just a quick news story uh to talk about. So, um, if you know me, right, you know that, uh, as I said before, I'm, I'm a comic book collector and obviously a part of, of that, right, is, uh, is, is sealed copies of books, right, that are, that are graded, that are under hard plastic, that come, you know, with, uh, with like an official grading to say that this is, this piece of memorabilia is in excellent shape, right, or, or you Mm -hmm. can say what shape it's in. Um, which should dictate how what it sells for and how much it's valued and blah, 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 blah. We have seen that uh, be a kind of recent trend in gaming. The last maybe four or five years, you've seen a lot of that start to develop some kind of uh, competitors to, or, or alternatives, I guess, to what you see in the comic book uh, collector space. Um, and, you know, I think once that started, we all knew it was only a matter of time before there was going to be that first million dollar game there was going to be that first game that gets the headline for how much it sold for at this insane price blah 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 uh we have finally gotten that and it is uh maybe appropriately a sealed copy of super mario 64 that was graded at a 9.8 which is so nearly perfect means it has almost no imperfections whatsoever uh and it sold for uh a record-breaking $1.56 million or 1.12 million pounds. It's ridiculous. Same. Absolutely ridiculous. Do you know, I saw this and I my brain still can't fathom it because I can't see this anything other than a potential money launder because there's no way in my mind that that game is worth $1.56 million. Absolutely no way. When you consider last November, there was a sale copy of Mario Brothers 3 that only sold for 156000 That was a 9.2. Is this... Uh, 9.2 really? is a lot less than a 9.8, though. Really, though? Yeah. yeah. Is it? You like, like, well, like put it, I'll put it in context for you, right? Um, I've talked before about how Invincible is my favorite comic. When they announced mm-hmm. they were going to make a TV show, I wanted to buy an issue number one. I've got a sealed graded copy of it over here. It's... Uh, one sec. So it's a 9.4, um, okay. which is great. It's in great shape. Uh, it was. It cost me $300 when I bought it. Um, the 9.8 version that they had available was $1,500. Oh, my God. It's a lot different. Um, 9.8 yeah. plus is like, this is perfect. This is in perfect condition, basically. Yeah, but that's 100 times the price. Of what? Like when it was new? No, a hundred times the price of the the previous version of the Mario. Oh yeah, sure. But that's the thing is the market is new. Yeah. You know? That's the thing, is that if if this is a thing people are gonna start doing now, you're gonna see those prices rise because there's gonna be a speculators market, there's gonna be co- competition between people who are trying to snap up these high value things that they think will be worth ten times as much later, you know? I, I, I think I saw that the did you see the company got acquired as well? Water Games got acquired this week. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Who'd they get acquired by? Yeah. 
uh, collector's universe, wow. which grades coins, trading cards, and other collectibles. That's cool. So, I actually... So, I met, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, so it, it just goes to your point that this is a new market and mm-hmm. um, they are going to... Uh, like It is going to be... Uh, slowly progressing so like um the the company that bought them owns professional coin grading service the pcs the professional sports authenticator the psa and a bunch of other companies so uh, I'd, I'd imagine it's uh, gonna be something we see a lot more of moving forwards yeah i think i think that's easy to say um and I do think it's a little odd that it's Mario 64. Like, obviously, Mario 64 is a super popular game, everything. But the fact that it's so popular and that there are probably so many copies of it, maybe not in great shape, but it's surprising to me that that's the one, you know? But it's, yeah, it's Mario. Not, it's not a rare game. No. But it's in perfect condition. And that's the thing is a perfect condition version of that game is probably rare and is probably something that gets rarer every year, you know? Especially with those N64 yeah. boxes, which were flimsy cardboard, you know? Those would get I know, ruined. I've got a few just just totally squashed downstairs yep. from, from over the years, just being in a cupboard. I got none left. None of mine have survived. You know? Wow. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm a collector. I'm a saver. <laughs> which is it's terrible when you consider the PlayStation 1 cases, how durable they were. I mean, not the original long boxes. That the little CD in, jewel uh, cases. The US. Yeah, but the jewel cases, like, they hold up so well because they're just solid plastic. And, yeah, sometimes they, they chip or crack or whatever. They're easy to but replace, usually, Yeah, they are they are pristine. You can, like, because I remember I had one that broke uh, for a game I really liked, and I pulled apart a game that I didn't care about and popped all of the yeah, I've, paper I've back into well. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so the, it, it's... I don't know. This is, I think, ultimately a good thing. Um, I think that when you talk about uh, like pop culture, pop art, this kind of stuff, um, generally the people that care about preservation are the fans. So, um, yeah, like this is a speculator's market. This is a market people are going to get into to make money. Um, that's fine. Like collecting and collectors are usually the ones that preserve the history of a medium like ours. So. Um, I hope that's the case, though, and it just doesn't become like art where everything goes into private collections and you never ever see it again. I hope some of this stuff does end up in museums, like the Museum of Play or something like that, and you can people can go see it and I mean, see this piece of history. I think that's the thing is a lot of those organizations they're doing really great work, um, and those are the people that are making it are, are making it accessible. But, you know, I, there's sometimes a lot of demonization of those private collectors because they're like, it's oh, they're hoarding these pieces that should be shared or whatever. But like when it's something that's mass produced, I don't feel like there's that same. Something mass produced, yeah, scarcity. is a lot better than like a, a one of a kind piece of art right, that right. nobody can then ever see. Yeah, and that I'm not as much of a fan of. But something like this, like whoever bought this, right, if they take care of this, they're making sure that there's a, a pristine copy of this. And a lot of times when private collectors die, a lot of that stuff ends up in museums eventually anyway. Maybe maybe they're just going to do what Fry does on Futurama and take it home and seal it and pop it in an N64. You know, he does it with the can of anchovies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. More. There'll never be any more. <laughs> more. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into our main topic. Uh, Steam made some headlines this week by announcing the Nintendo Switch Pro uh, 
crazy mm-hmm. to see Steam, you know, come out and, and reveal the console rather than Nintendo themselves. But no, of course, we're kidding. The Steam, uh, the Steam Deck was revealed earlier this week, which is a, a new piece of hardware from Valve. Not their first uh, foray into hardware, but their first... Nope, not by a long shot. Like, we've had Steam Box, we've had Steam Machine, we've had Steam Link, the Steam Controller. Sure. And, None of those stuck. And the reason I bring... Steam Link was pretty successful. Um, it was, and then they just abandoned it and discontinued it. But the controller was not good. <laughs> and Steam Boxes are a little bit unique, because they were not made by Valve, they were partnered with Valve, so mm-hmm. you know there was like a lot of, I think there was a lot of confusion there, you know. Um, whereas this is obviously a little bit more streamlined. Like if you go to the Steam Deck website, right, like it's it's owned by Valve wholly. It runs the Steam OS. It's you know it has the Steam Marketplace built in day one. You know, um, all of that is definitely different you know like i we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about their their history or whatever um yeah i mean it very much this definitely feels like it's closer to the valve index their vr headset that they developed in-house themselves rather than uh like the steam box so you're right and and they've had a better history lately with with hardware yeah people did like did like that that vr headset so um yeah, so I mean, I guess like those concerns aside, right? Like looking at the actual thing, uh, the the big promise, right, is that like this is you know the most powerful gaming handheld that's been made. It's an all-in-one portable gaming PC. Um, like I said, it runs the Steam OS. It's got um, you know two joysticks. It's got two touch pads that allow you to simulate um, using a mouse, um, which is very similar to the, the Steam controller that they, they put out a couple years ago. Um, we've got some buttons. They're really cool, though. Like, you can restrict those touch pads to certain parts of the screen. So if you just want to be able to, say, on, like, a, an RTS, just touch the, you know, the, the little controls down in the bottom right corner, you can just map it to that, and you can just move your cursor so it doesn't get lost on the screen. That's cool. Um, so there's that, and there's been a lot of com- uh, conversation about kind of some of the other things that it's capable of doing. Like Valve has confirmed that um, you can run third-party software on it. Like for example, you could run Epic Epic Game Store on this uh, without having to like hack it or anything like that. So you know, a lot of conversation about how it could be used to not just bring your Steam library, but your whole PC library. You could probably you know theoretically very easily. Get like Xbox Game Pass up and running on this uh, emulators. You, all the- those kinds theoretically, of but you would have to wipe it and install Windows because it comes with SteamOS, and obviously those Game Pass games are only on the Microsoft Store. So in order to get that, you'd have to run on Windows. Can you download so the, the Xbox app though, or is that only run on Windows? It only runs on Windows. So the way uh, the way SteamOS works, it has this system or this uh, layer called Proton. Uh, which is like an abstraction layer which runs on um, software called Wine, which I'm sure people have heard of. So it emulates Windows. So when a piece of software says, I need to access this API from DirectX, uh, Proton says, oh, I know what to do with that. And it gives them like access to the Vulkan API instead, which can then interface directly with AMD's hardware. So it doesn't na- it natively runs these Windows games through a system called Proton, but it only does that with Steam games. Otherwise, you have to install Windows on the machine. 
Okay. So you would have to install Windows to run Epic Game Store then? Epic Game Stores, yeah. Okay. So it's got to be pretty easy to do that, and if Valve's confirming that you can do that, though. Yeah, you can you can absolutely do it, and I'm sure day one we'll be able to see people um, dual boot the system so you can have Windows or the Steam OS if you wanted to. Uh, I'm very curious though. Like the the Steam OS, the 3.0 has like a whole new interface. It looked really really cool in the IGN videos that they they posted. So IGN's had like exclusive hands on access for, to this. Uh, very interesting way of revealing it. I kind of assumed they would do their own announcement but it was just uh really subtle like hey we're doing steam deck here's ign's hands-on and that was kind of it i think that makes a lot of sense honestly um just because i don't know like it like why bother right like i I feel Mm -hmm. like it always makes more sense to just give access to journalists and let them just play with it as much as they want to and have that commentary because then like you don't have to worry about like, and I mean, I don't know. Some people are gonna say this anyway uh, about you know, um, especially because it's IGN. But like the idea that like, oh yeah, this is like a third party who's just like, yeah, no, this is hype. Like this is cool. You know, here are, here are all the questions you have. We have answers. You know. So uh, to break down some of the tech, uh, there are three versions of of the Steam Deck. There's a 64 gigabyte version that's $399 and it comes with a carrying case. There's a 529 version, uh, $529 version that's 256 gigs. It's got um, an SSD, uh, an NVMe SSD internal storage. So obviously that's going to mean way faster loads on your games. Like that's something you're really going to want. Um, uh, faster storage, and then it's got an exclusive uh, Steam Community Profile bundle. Not quite sure what yeah. that entails. But. So, like, some of the stuff is so weird. Like, you upgrade to the top-end one, and, and you're going to it. It's got an exclusive keyboard theme, and it's like, why do I care about that? Like, an exclusive keyboard virtual keyboard theme. Yeah, right? It's like, so the keyboard on the screen looks slightly different on the 512 gigabyte model. Like, who fucking cares? Who's picking that model? You go, oh, I wonder what the keyboard looks like. I'm definitely going to go for that one. I know. Uh, and then it's also got an, a premium anti-glare etched glass screen. Yeah, which... that I'm interested in. So I've seen the only other company I've know that have done this is Apple on their uh, super super high end like ten thousand dollar plus XDR display that you can buy for their Mac Pro. And I've seen it in the Apple Store. It's incredible. Like it doesn't show any glare whatsoever. It just reflects refracts the light. That's cool. So that's really cool. Um, but all, every single model of this has the same um, architecture, other than the storage. Uh, one, the, the low end models EMMC, and then the the two higher end models are NVMe. Um, so the EMMC is going to be a lot sh- a lot slower. But um, Gabe did confirm in an email to um, into a customer that all three of them use socketed SSDs. So while it's not intended to be user upgradable. In the future, you could unscrew the console and just slot in a new SSD, which would give you faster um, faster read-write speeds and more storage if you wanted to. But all of them use um, a custom AMD APU, which is a, a CPU and a GPU on a single chip. Um, it's the latest architecture, uh, Zen 2, which is the same as what the Series S, Series X, and the PS5 use. Um, but it's it's a lot like lower spec than those consoles. 
um, 16 gigabytes of super fast uh, DDR5 RAM, which makes it a little bit more future proof. But um, the clock speed frequency is uh, variable in the same way the PS5 is. Whereas um, on the Xboxes, there's like a fixed clock speed. So you get one point. Uh, one to 1.6 teraflops from the the GPU, um, so it, I think uh, lining it up against other consoles on paper, it has the same performance as like a PS4 or an Xbox Series S, uh, not an Xbox Series S, an Xbox One S. Yeah. Um, but because it's the latest RDNA 2 and um, Zen 2 architectures, it should perform a lot better. Plus, it's only going to be outputting 720p to that handheld screen. Uh, unless you plug it into a dock, which they're going to be selling separately. And you can also... Um, do you need the dock to plug it into the monitor? Is that how that works? No, you can just use any USB-C dock or um, like dongle. As long as it has, uh, as long as long it's powered and it has an HDMI out or a DisplayPort out, you can use it. Uh, you don't have to buy Steam stock if you don't cool. want to, which isn't available at launch anyway. Um, they've also got uh, expandable memory with a um, an SD slot. So you can it's and it accepts whatever size you've got, so you can expand the memory pretty inexpensively. Um, if you mm-hmm. want to, you know, throw more games on there, um, so that's pretty good. Uh, the battery life it says that uh, it's about two to eight hours, depending on what you're doing. Uh, one of the examples they gave was that you could play Portal Two for four hours. Um, if you limit it to thirty FPS, you could play for five to six. So that's like that was one of the interesting benchmarks they established. Um, that's probably dev math. It's probably the lower end of that spectrum. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like with the screen a brightness of like twenty percent. Yeah, if you turn this yeah. brightness all the way down and you're playing a game that takes absolutely no pull, <laughs> it lasts eight hours. Yeah, like if you're playing Papers Please with no with no brightness. Uh, yeah, it's eight hours of gameplay. Um, but I, uh, that's still good. I'm not trying to talk shit, but like. You know, I, yeah, I would... I'd be ha- I'd be happy with like two to three hours would be absolutely fine, I think, for me. And then you can plug in or you just plug in while you're using it, don't you? If, if you're going to be um, just chilling on the sofa. Um, so there's some other information. It's Wi-Fi only, uh, no cellular connection options or anything like that. Um, there is an ambient light sensor. So like uh, you can have dynamic brightness and stuff like that. Um it, uh, they've confirmed it can pretty much run anything you can run on a PC because it is basically just a PC. Um, yeah. Obviously, we talked about the OS stuff, so um, there's some, there's definitely some other, some other stuff there. But uh, I, I did love the gyros, though. I thought that was so interesting. This, both the sticks and the trackpads are capacitive, so it knows when you're touching them. So the gyro only becomes active when you're touching either one of them. So if you're touching like the right stick or the right um, the right touchpad, the gyro becomes active for moving the camera around, which I think is really really cool. That is cool. And you can obviously turn that off if you want to. And uh, it also says anything can be plugged in via USB or connected uh, via Bluetooth. Um, it's got an onboard USB C connection. Um, so you can use like Bluetooth headphones with it and stuff like that. Like Apple earpods work with it, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you have, you have a lot of control. You have a lot of control. Um, and, and a lot of the kind of similar, any of the questions you would think, right? Like mod support, multiplayer, all that stuff. It's literally, the answer is the same as if it works on your PC, it works on this. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it definitely seems like it sold pretty well. 
at least for day one. Um, pre-orders, really well. are, pre-orders are not attainable right now. We don't know how many there were, though. Um, so We like, kind of do because uh, they left open a lot of the information. Did you, not, did you see that No, I missed all? this. What happened? So um, I th- the person that runs uh, SteamDB... Um, Pavel Jundik, I believe is how you pronounce um, his name, um, had like found out what the reservation queue sizes were. Uh, So for the 512 gigabyte model in North America, there's 55,000. 256, there was 28,000. In the EU, 9.6,512 gigs and 256 gigabyte, there was 5,000. And the UK, they had 7,512 gigabyte models um, ready to go. I mean, so that's, um, that's good. That's not great. Like, that's not it's even... It's looking like that's not even around... A, it's looking around 100,000 that they've got to sell yeah. um, when it launches. Which is which is fine. Like, again, I'm, I'm not... I'm, uh, I don't want anything I say here to act like I'm talking smack. Like, that's not my intent. Um, I've just seen a lot of people talking about this like oh this is a switch killer oh switch nintendo needs to be worried about this oh it's like come on guys like they don't even have a million of these to sell day one and you're t- you're calling this a switch killer like let's relax okay um I, I, do you know i kind of hope though that nintendo takes note that price point is so aggressive in the uk it's only 39 pounds more than the new oled model and you're getting a seriously, con- like, considerably more powerful machine for that price. Yeah, for sure. And I get that they talk, though. And that's probably what people forget, is they talk to a totally different market. Someone that buys a Switch may not necessarily want a handheld PC. In fact, they probably don't. They want to play Zelda. They want to play Mario. They want to play Metroid. They want to play those games. Those aren't available on the Steam Deck. They don't want a device they have to un- hack. Unless, like, all those yeah, unless, things. Like- yeah, exactly. They just want to open it up, put a cartridge in, and it works. But if you are in the the market for something a little bit more powerful, and you do want to be able to to play like AAA games on the go or just the latest indies on Steam without having to wait for them to trickle down to other consoles like the Switch, then I think this is probably a, a great purchase for people. And I'm just glad that there's yeah. choice in the marketplace now, and it's not just Nintendo that has the entirety of that handheld marketplace really. that's the thing though i still think they do like and i'm happy I'll, I'll happily be wrong about this but like i think people are way overestimating how much this this is going to matter as a piece of consumer tech that's my hot take um i i think it will matter because steam has said that they're working with other partners and they've opened everything up to allow any other pc manufacturer to make these it's that's not a worse. case that it's, that's it's just gonna be valve yeah, no, that's worse. That's a hundred percent worse. Um, that that to me is absolutely a barrier of entry for it to being becoming mainstream. It's the same exact problem that the Steam Box had. The Steam Box was not a product. They're like, we're making the Steam Box. It's a Steam console, and then you find out, oh, there's ten fucking SKUs, and everyone is made by someone else, and they all have different specs, and that's Steam, confusing. Steam Deck is made by Valve, but. Other people is what I mean is, but other people can install SteamOS and if they want to, because it's totally open sourced and and sell their own version. But it's not going to be called Steam Deck, and it's not going to be by Valve. It'll I mean, be you know GPD's version with SteamOS instead of Windows. Which on. is which is fine, but like I don't know. I think it just speaks to like the whole issue though, right? Like this is not the first version of this idea. You know, the Nvidia Shield 
um, launched mm-hmm. in what 2013 or something like that. Like, and there's been several, you know, competitors, alternatives, pretenders that have come out since then. And don't get me wrong, Valve is none of them. Valve, if anybody can do this, it's Valve, right? Or maybe Epic, but Valve. Valve has the brand loyalty and recognition. They are like the de facto place to play PC games and have been for a decade plus. Like, fine. And the fact that, like, this eliminates a lot of the problems of, like, the NVIDIA Shield-type devices where, like, they have their own storefront. It's a proprietary storefront that's built into this proprietary tech. Like, those are all things that are really, really big wins in their in their favor. That said... Like, massive. The devs have no work to do. It's a case that their game's yeah. just going to work on the system. If it runs on which Steam, was it runs. The problem. Yeah, which is the problem for those other devices where there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, Valve's done the legwork here with Proton, with um, Steam Control or whatever they call it. All of those things that it should theoretically just work if it works with Steam. Yeah, and and that's huge. Those are all huge differentiators. But I, I think like I don't know, man. Like I, I still I still think this is going to end up a niche product. Like I really do. I don't think that this I don't think that this is going to appeal to a casual player base the same kind of person no, well, that buys I a think, nintendo switch i i agree with you but i don't think pc gaming in general uh is is mainstream in the way yeah. that picking up a, a playstation or picking up a nintendo switch is and i agree there's a lot of work in there and that's my whole point though is like so who is this actually for so like the, that it's and- for valve's customers that's all they care about they must know if they if they sell enough of these even if the low-end one is the lost leader, which some people have been um, speculating, that they're going to make it up on software sales or just brand loyalty of sticking with Steam rather than going with a competitive marketplace. Because by default, Steam is the default on here. Cloud syncs your saves between Steam on your Steam Deck and Steam on your PC. Uh, There's a lot of benefits for Valve in this, and I think that's all they care about is just keeping their customers happy. They don't have to sell millions of these. They are estimating that they will. Uh, In Gabe's interview with IGN, he estimated that they think they're going to sell millions of these. Um, Having spoken with their partners, uh, uh, you know, their development partners, they really are being aggressive in in this space, and they believe that they are going to sell millions. Is it going to sell hundreds of millions? Probably not. And that's the thing is, like, I'm happy to be wrong, right? Like, I, I don't have an axe to grind. I'm interested in this product. I want to make that clear. Like, I'm, I might buy one of these in a couple of years. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I have a really hard time seeing the use case for this. Because, like, you, you say, like, they're existing customer, right? Like, how – okay, so we've already agreed, right? You and I agree that PC gaming is already niche, it's it's more niche than console gaming. Not to say that there's a small number of PC gamers, but that is not the mainstream mass market way to play video games. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's a reason Rockstar released their games on console first and then port them to PC later. So, so let's operating under that framework. We agree there. So now you're telling me that that person who PC is the primary way they want to play, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, um, they're used to playing with mouse and keyboard, and like that's some their... people. Like I think there's a lot of PC. That's like quite presumptive. There's a lot of PC players that don't play with mouse and keyboard. I mean, there's a lot that use controller, but like, yeah, I don't know. that's. I feel like that's the dominant control scheme on PC. 
Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. Okay. I so, mean, it's the default, isn't it? You know, it's the de facto standard. I've already got a keyboard and mouse. When I, I open up the, the game, it's going to be that. I think it's safe to say that I don't think that there are many serious PC players that, like, play games that are meant to be played with mouse and keyboard that don't. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, it it, it really depends who like who Valve think this is for. Is it for those serious gamers who well, want to play Doom and be like proper twitchy and make sure that they hit everything? Well, and let me ask this question though, right? Because again, like if you're a PC gamer and that's who we agree is the market for this, you've already spent a lot of money on your rig, presumably. If you have a good yes. rig, you've probably spent over a grand on your rig, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, so now you're telling me. That if you want this and you want the good experience, you need to spend a minimum of $530. Like that $400 competitive price point, who wants that one? Nobody. It has garbage storage and it doesn't have an SSD. That will not perform the way that people are excited about this performing. So if you really want the the real primo Steam Deck experience, you're going for the 529 or the 651, which is not an insignificant amount of money. So now you're telling me that this person who's already investing an extra amount of money to be a PC gamer and have that premium top of the line experience is supposed to what? Spend all of this extra money to get something that's on par with the power of like an Xbox? Like from last gen, I I genuinely and, think people will do it. Well, though. let me and let me finish this argument because if you want a high quality premium PC gaming experience on the go, why wouldn't you just spend a few extra dollars and buy a gaming laptop? That they're totally different beasts. I think a gaming laptop is not really portable. You know, you're not playing that on your commute. You're not playing that lounging on the sofa necessarily they are they are very different experiences but I, I i get what you're saying i also think though that yes their primary market is probably their own customer base it is going to be valve's customers who they know have steam accounts and steam purchases there's a reason the reservation system and i think the way their reservations worked was phenomenal we'll go on to that in a second sure. but I um I think they're trying to captive some of some non PC players, some people who do primarily play handheld on Switch, but do possibly want something a little bit more powerful, and I I think they will will get some of those people come over from from the Switch. I don't I don't know I really like I some yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I know people who, who are buying this, who have already pre-ordered one, who have plans to buy one. I'm not saying that this doesn't appeal to anybody. I think my point is I feel like the way that a lot of PC gamers are about a lot of things, I think people are way bullish about how significant this is going to be, that it's going to be this big disruptive thing in the market, that it's going to be a real alternative or a real competitor for the Nintendo Switch. I don't think any of that's true. I think that this is going to be a niche product that that appeals to a niche market, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just where I'm at with it right now. I don't see this Mm -hmm. becoming a mainstream device where, you know, you know, my, my, uh, your middle-aged cousin that's got kids is calling you and like, Oh, I want to get, I want to get little Tommy and, and little, uh, Jamie, a, uh, a, a handheld video game device. Should I get the Nintendo switch or the steam deck? That's not going to fucking happen. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I, I don't, 
Do you know, I don't know anyone who thinks that that's going to be the case. That it is just going to oh be... God, I mean, maybe me? there are people saying so, that it's like a Switch killer. I, literally every single reply I've seen on anything about the Nintendo Switch OLED edition has been like, oh, I wanted one of these, but now the Steam Deck has been revealed. I want that. I or, mean, that's the worst take imaginable or that like, you would think that this would be out of Switch. You know that meme from uh, Toy Story... Where he's like, I don't want to play with you anymore, and it's dropping Woody. <laughs> it was the Switch, yeah. and they have the, the Steam. <laughs> and that's really funny. That's pretty funny. It's though. super that funny. funny. That's the thing is, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, like, twisted about this. I'm not offended. It's like, I, it's just, I don't believe that. You know? I think, I think people really want, like, people love Valve. They love Steam, and they want them to succeed. And their fan base will hype up things and act like things that they're doing matter to a mass market a lot more than they actually matter to a mass market. That's my take, you know? It's the same way that, like, when everyone's like, oh, my God, Half-Life Alex, this is the most important game of the year. It's like, yeah, if you're a fucking huge Valve fan, it is, but most people are not, and especially yeah, young people. Young people do not care about Valve the same way that, like, you know, Gen Xers do, or, like, older millennials who are like, Half-Life is the best game I've ever played. Right. And it's not Mm -hmm. you remember it being the best game you ever played. And for young people, they don't have that affinity. They don't have that connection. And I feel like that matters less and less as you get, you know, like young kids are probably more connected to Epic than they are to Steam and Valve, you know. So I, I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe. But I also think that they're probably more connected to Microsoft just, you know, with 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 Minecraft. Maybe like really young people. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm excited about this console. I, oh, Are I you going to buy one? Console. I'm excited about this product. I mean, we'll we'll move on to some of these questions in a minute. But the reservation process, did you see how that worked? Um, I saw that you had to, like, pay a, a down payment fee and that you basically got in the queue through Steam, right? You did, yeah. So the reservation process had a few um, caveats to it, which I think the big players really could have learned something from in their reservation process for their consoles. Um, I know PlayStation had their like system where you would sign up and to be one of the first, but that didn't go live until after the, after the like main pre-orders happened. Uh, so valve, um, had a system where you had to pay $5 or four pounds, uh, to, to purchase a reservation that money comes off later on later down the line no different to what you would do at a gamestop where you would pay a deposit and then you you get your money off the console when you choose to to pay it um but you had to have a steam account that was registered before june 2021 and it had to have made a per- at least one purchase before that time as well which really stopped scalpers and bots at least seemingly stopped That's scalpers and bots from just creating a new Steam account and just going through the process and purchasing one before a not or like a real human would get a look in. Um, today, as as of recording Sunday, the reservations are going live for everyone. But um, you're looking at Q3 2022 now for uh, shipping date for yeah. the models that really matter. And, and what's the main the main uh, launch date? Like, uh, December 2021 is when the first models are shipping, but it seemed like that slipped to Q1 2022 pretty quickly. So I think there's very limited numbers for December 2021. And I actually saw none in Europe for December 2021. I think they've reserved all of those for North America. 
Interesting. Okay. Huh. So uh, we got a couple questions on the Steam Deck I want to hop into. This first one uh, I got over on my email, uh, Pete at Lupots.com, uh, where Zade wrote in just like you can and said, What's up, Potscast fam? Hope all is well with y'all. My question this week, of course, has to do with the Steam Deck. Considering this is technically a console, do you find the severity of differences between the three SKUs of the Steam Deck strange? I mean, the base model doesn't have NVMe storage, and the most expensive SKU technically has a different screen than the other models. Uh, Usually, when a console releases, the major difference might be the color of the device or the amount of storage, but it looks like Valve is trying to buck this trend. Let me know what you guys think. Regards, Zade, homeowner, Ida. P.S. Listening to Steve talk about Mass Effect in the last episode made me LOL so hard at the airport on the way back to the States, and people were staring. So thanks once again for creating such a highlight of my week. I'm sorry for embarrassing you publicly. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and congrats on the closing yeah, of your condo, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Uh, so I I don't think this is strange because, and it's part of my, why I think this will not be a successful product, um, but because it's made by Valve, like it has that PC mentality to it, right? And PC gamers, PC players... Um, a big part of the appeal of PC gaming is that, you know, uh, developing and maintaining your rig is part of the hobby, you know? Um, so, like, choice, I think, is something that uh, PC gamers are are accustomed to. And I think that they want some ability to have choice rather than, like, here's the unit, take it. Um, so th- this being a thing that Valve decided to do isn't super surprising to me. It feels like it matches the ethos of the customer that they're that this is for in my mind. Um, however, do I think that's a good idea? No, I don't. Um, for the reasons I just laid out, I think the, the cheapest model is not good. It exists to say that they have a cheap competitively priced model. Um, I think anyone who buys that will be disappointed in it on some level, uh, based on what the promise of this is right on paper. Um, so I don't think that's a good look. And I think that the top of the line one is too expensive. Um, I think if they had come out and been like the middle of the road one is the price um, and the device, I think I think that would be clearer, cleaner messaging, um, which is what I think you need for a, a product to be able to break into a, a mass market on some level, right? For it to evolve beyond something that exists for Valve to sell to their existing customers, I think I think it needs to it needs a clearer message. Yeah, possibly. I kind of, I, I definitely agree with you that the base model with the EMMC storage only exists to sneak underneath that four hundred dollar price point, um, and I think that's fine. It looks very competitive on paper. You know, in headlines, it's like Valve's new four hundred dollar console. Yeah, fair enough. And it's not the first company that's done it. Microsoft did it. Has done it with their Surface Go the Series um, S tablets that. before. Yeah, the Series S is that exists to be that cheap price point. And if you only play indie games and you don't mind just chucking in a micro SD card, I don't think that bottom uh, end model is going to be that disappointing. That's a good point. Um, you know, you've got that expandable storage anyway. The middle model, though, in my eyes, is the best value. 256 gigabyte NVMe, and you get the carrying case. 
I think the reason the top end model has so much, so many of these differentiators is because that's probably the most profitable one for Valve, and they want to push people to it. So they're like, oh, but it's also got this anti-glare screen. It's also got an exclusive premium uh, carry case that the other ones don't virtual have. Virtual keyboard. It's also got this virtual keyboard theme and, and stuff like that. It's just to push you up and go, well, you know, it's £110 more expensive. Why don't I just, you know, spend the extra cash because I'm a big steam fan i'll go for that one i think that's really for the um you know the people who are big valve fans and champions they'll go for that high-end model but i think most people will go for the middle of the road 256 gig model and i kind of agree with you that that probably should have been the base model but they really wanted to come underneath that 400 400 mark um and seemingly, according to Jeff Grubb this week, they were talking to partners that this was going to be a $500 console. So whether that changed last minute or whether they decided to release this 64 gig EMMC model to get underneath that um, $400 price point, um, that kind of remains to be seen. But I could see that the middle model was originally the base model, the middle model uh, being the 256 gigabyte uh, NVMe model. So, and I know that there was a, a quote that was making the rounds from from Gabe Newell, um, the you know founder of Valve, um, saying that getting to that price point was painful for them. So that's something that also gives me a little bit of pause. Is like, is is this price point going to be sustainable? Like, is is like, I don't know. Is that an issue for them? Um, if it was such something that he would describe as painful to hit that price point, um, I don't know. He could just be, you know, that might be a little bit of hyperbole, right? But it's interesting to think of, like, is this something that they're going to stick with, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that actually takes us into our questions from Misobi this week uh, and the patented three-question format. Number one, do you think that the Steam Deck will be Valve's big break in hardware, or will it be another Steam machine that no one will remember in two years? I think it's probably neither of those. I don't think it will be another Steam machine. I, I think it's more focused than that. It's a, it's a better value proposition than those devices were, I think. Um, but I also don't think it's going to be like their quote-unquote big break. You know, I don't see this being... Um, and again, I might be wrong, but you know, I might be naive about the demand for this among PC players. But I, I, don't, I don't feel like that this thing has enough use cases to be something that appeals to... More than a niche of a niche. Maybe, but I think I, I I think Valve's already kind of had a big break into hardware with their VR stuff. I think they're kind of leading the way with VR at the moment, especially with Oculus's uh, requirement for a Facebook account. Lately, I just think that's put way more people off their hardware than it needed to. Um, I do think that this is going to stick for the long haul. I don't think Valve's going to have spent this much money and partnered with AMD just to bin it off um, fairly soon. I think they've yeah. prob- they're probably already working on the, the follow-up model to this. Especially when you consider um, the fact that like two years from now, like like the the next time they'll be available is, o- is over a year after it comes out, right? So like yeah. that helps, I think, extend that timeline at least a couple of years beyond two years. Yeah, definitely. And I also think the people that get them, um, that are hyped for them 
already, I think are probably going to be very, very happy with their purchases. And probably in a couple of years' time, we'll be talking about the fact that, you know, this is still a great machine. Even though it can't run the latest games, it's still great for me to play my indie titles and to, you know, emulate stuff. You can install anything on there. Imagine just playing GameCube games on the go. The fact that you can play that on on this console, which you can't play on a Nintendo console yet. Yeah. It's it's mad. The funny uh, thing I saw people pointing out, too, is that, like, you could play a bunch of PlayStation games on right? it. Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> that you can't play anywhere else. Um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if you could circumvent that. That could be the way for you to play Persona 5 on the go. <laughs> it definitely Somehow. could be the way for me to play Persona Somehow. 5 on the go, yeah. Um, so, uh, Asobi's next question was, are you looking into getting one? I have reserved one, yes. I've reserved what? You reserved one? Model. <laughs> I did, yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe you kept that from me until now. What a reveal! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Which one did you get? The 256 gigabyte. Um, That's the... Because I can... The middle, the middle model. models. Yeah. So I can put an SD card in it, and... And the fact that they've revealed that the NVMe is socketed, so you can just swap it out if you want to in the future, uh, really gives that device longevity. And I think the 256 gig model is probably going to be enough for me for the type of games I will play on it. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I, I couldn't resist. I really couldn't resist. I'm so My... interested by that. Because, like, <laughs> I I definitely, I, I didn't get one. Um, I didn't try. And... I I could see myself getting one though. I I have interest in it, um, but I I really think I would primarily use it as like a Game Pass slash emulator machine that also mm. happens to have access to my Steam library. Um, and I could see myself using that more. Like there are indie games that you know get buzz that I want to play that I'm like, oh, I'll wait for it to come to consoles because that's where I prefer to play. Like yes, that would be a, that would be a differentiator for me. Um, like I'd have played, I would, if you know, if I didn't already know that Disco Elysium was coming to Switch, it example. would be the place I would play it, and it's perfect to play yeah. handheld. But you've also got to take in context that unlike you, I don't have a PC to play those games on. I have a Mac, and running games on my Mac via Windows is a painful process. It's not a uh, very powerful machine for playing PC games. Um, so this will potentially be the primary place I would play PC games. And the fact that I can dock it to my TV and just Bluetooth and Xbox controller to it and play PC games on my TV, I am very much looking forward to that experience and just seeing what it's like. You know, if this turns out to be trash or a, a terrible device, then so be it. But um, I guess I'm sipping on the Kool-Aid a little bit and I'm excited as well. Do you remember we spoke about it a few uh, months back when I was looking at getting one of those devices to yeah. emulate stuff and I ended up hacking my Vita to do it. The fact that I can then install emulators on this, like Dolphin, play GameCube games that I want to go back and play that I can't play on Switch at the moment because I haven't been ported. All of those things really kind of spoke to me. Could make streaming uh, those was, games easier too. Exactly, which is the which is, I think is the primary reason I, I decided to pick one of these up. The fact that there's a ton of games on PC I haven't been able to play and this will make it accessible to me and handheld which is the primary way i would want to play um a lot of these games anyway yeah i think um i think for me the biggest the biggest things that are are turning me off to it um are, are not even necessarily turning me off but giving me pause right that are the reasons that i i wasn't willing to um pre-order one of these day one 
um, is primarily, I would say, Valve's history with hardware is not good. Um, yes. You know, obviously their their most recent their VR device um, has has gotten some uh, some positive buzz and everything, and and that's great. But VR is a niche product. Um, so you know, cool, but that doesn't that doesn't inspire a ton of confidence for me, because the other examples, you know, the I would say the most significant example that comes to mind for me is is the Steam controller, which is terrible. Um, it's it's a really bad controller, and I've it, never tried it. It's trash. Um, I remember when it came out, my buddy who's a big PC gamer bought two of them and was really excited about them as like a new option and this could really be a revolutionary way to play and blah 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 and it was terrible and he hated it and then you know uh, uh, what I, I don't remember how long they supported that but I remember there was that summer where they were selling them for like five dollars because they were trying to get rid yes, of them yes I remember that yeah um, I, I picked one of those up for my sister along with the Steam Link for like 20 quid right. one year it was ridiculous they were just like having a fire sale on all of their store on all of their systems and their yeah. hardware Um but seemingly that technology's progressed a lot since the Steam controller with the touchpads. Those same touchpads are on their Valve Index controller. People seem to love that controller. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe this is just something that's that's now become uh, a, a thing that's viable. Yeah. And you've also got traditional controls on there anyway. Uh, something we haven't spoken about, though, is the configuration of the controls it's very unusual that was with the inline sticks next to the d-pad and the buttons what do you think about that that was the next thing i was going to bring up i hate that um yeah it, it, i thought you would it looks bad like and and i gotta say like the fact that there are like there are people that are arguing that it's not is like feels like such a fucking kool-aid thing to me um that like yeah, i you mean want I, this I, to be cool so you're like this isn't a problem <laughs> if if this was if this was how the buttons were on the nintendo switch this would be a way different conversation. Everyone would be like, how the fuck could Nintendo do this? This is so mm -hmm. fucking dumb. And it's the same thing, man. Like, I, it's the PC players who want to just bend over backwards to hand it to Valve that everything they do is brilliant when it's not. Like, these touchpads? Come on, man. Like, no one is going to use these that much. Like, I really don't think... Like, when they show the in the IGN video, they have someone playing Portal, and they're using a you know controllers back to the, the normal fucking way and then they stick down to turn the ca like no one's gonna do that and if that's what you have to do or what you're supposed to do controlling games is gonna be cumbersome and dumb you like, don't have to it is it is an option and i think those trackpads are there for the games that aren't optimized for yeah so you can use it as a mouse yeah, but at that point, why not just play those games with a mouse? You can plug a mouse it in if that's how they're meant to be played. Right. You know? Why not just plug in a mouse and keyboard, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, well, then it's not really portable. And it's like, right, this is my whole issue with this, with this, uh, and not even with this device, with this control scheme thought of as being a solution mm -hmm. for the mouse and keyboard problem it's not a solution for the mouse and keyboard problem you can't play a game that seriously and maybe like you said with like an rts something you're playing more casually whatever like fine that could probably work but like i couldn't play league of legends with that i don't think you know no, absolutely not but i think something like age of empires or um you know uh, something a, lo a lot more yeah exactly you could easily play those games um or something like a, a visual novel that only has mouse mouse control 
and doesn't support uh, input from a controller, and like, you could, again, just touch the buttons with the, the trackpad. And, no like, problem. sure, like, great. Like, I'm glad that there's a solution for that, I guess. But, like, you're taking all of the actual traditional control scheme things that I'm going to want to use probably 95% of the time and shoving them at the top of the device so you can put these giant trackpads in the mi- it's it It looks bad. Like, it looks like it's going to be uncomfortable to play. It looks like those button placements are really going to be, like, inconvenient. Um, And I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. I really don't. And and the one mm-hmm. thing I will say is there are the buttons on the back. So, like, maybe you could... Yes, na- I forgot about those. But then yeah. it's like, so you're going to tell me I got to learn a new control scheme and play video games differently than I've played every other handheld device that I've ever played. Like... I'm not going to learn new muscle memory to use this fucking thing. You know, like it's not going to happen. I'm not going to start using my trigger fingers as action buttons. You know, like it's not going to, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, it very much feels like I couldn't justify plunking down until I got to hold one. Cause I really think that those track which pads you, are going to, which you won't be able to, unless you know someone who's bought one. And I know two people, so <laughs> you're you're overseas, so that's not going to work out so well. But I know two people uh, between you and this other guy, so I'm going to go try out my uh, my friend Seth's when his shows up. Zade got one as well. Uh, I know he was talking about that in the Discord, uh, and I think a Sobe bought one as well, or a reserved one in Shout the out. Discord. A bunch of people were excited for for these um, over on Discord, so. I am really excited to see them get in people's hands. Like, yeah, I, and you I, see all the reviews like, this control scheme's trash, and you're like, hey, I feel vindicated. I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't want that, right? Like, that's not the kind of person I am. Like, I would rather be wrong about something that I think could be cool. I would. I hope that this comes out and, and that, like, the reaction is positive and not just from mm-hmm. the insane steam valve fans that it's like everyone who gets one is like no yeah this thing's great this is an awesome piece of technology you can totally see why someone would use this it's a great inroad if you want to play games on pc but you don't want to own a pc like i i think there's an absolute use case for this technology i think that there's a a a a consumer that this appeals to um i just i wonder how many people that is you know it's the same way that yeah. like it's the same way that like when you talk to somebody who's really into VR and like they make VR to be out to be this big thing and it really just isn't, right? And they're like, "No, like it's so much better than it used to be and it's emerging and people are adopting." Yeah, but there's like there's like 10 there's like <laughs> how many of them are actually you in the wild? The good experiences on one hand, I think. Yeah. And and even if you even if you think all the software is good, like if you combine the grand total sales of every commercially available VR headset, even like the garbage ones that are like not really capable of playing high-end games, it's like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what actual like mainstream video game consoles or PC yeah. PC rigs sell, right? I think I think that's somewhat different though because you have to at least for PC VR. I know PlayStation VR is kind of a different beast, but for PC VR, you have to have such a high-end rig anyway, yeah, in order to power that that extra headset. 
that it becomes prohibitively expensive unless you have a lot of cash to spare. You're looking at thousands of dollars before you can really realistically play uh, VR. And then for the best experiences, you want whole room VR. So you then have to have a right. big enough property with, with a room that's just completely empty that you can set these like camera points all around so you can walk around the place. Otherwise, you're just going to knock shit over. You're, you're definitely right. That's maybe an Ill- inelegant comparison in terms of like there's a lot more barrier to entry i think for vr than for this kind of device but i don't know like i think the venn diagram of the person that this appeals to is a very specific kind of gamer right like like don't get me wrong i'm still thinking about buying one but i also bought an oled switch for no fucking reason i also have a whole (laughs) yeah i bought an arcade cabinet right i have uh i don't even know how many amiibo I spent $300 on a graded comic book. Like, I'm a fucking dork. I'm not the person that you judge interest in this on, right? It's it's my friends who call me and are like, what are the cool things that happen at E3? I don't think those people buy this device. And maybe Valve doesn't care about that, to your point. Maybe they don't need that for it to be successful for them. But the folks who are like, this is a Nintendo Switch killer, are like, you're kidding yourself, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I don't agree that this is a Nintendo Switch killer. That's that's on track to become the fastest selling console of all time, and it's definitely going to hit it. Right. And Valve's never going to reach anywhere near those level of heights. And I but hope they do. Having said that, I want know, them to. It, yeah. Having said that, it's the third best selling product on Steam this week. Just the reservations. So they've got a lot of interest in this in this product. And obviously that's a captive market. It's people who are already on Steam and already interested in video games. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's beyond the realm of, of uh, possibility that they could capture people from consoles or handhelds as well. I mean, they've got me. I don't have a PC that I realistically play video games I'm on. I'm so surprised that, that you bought one. I'm really hyped. <laughs> I'm really hyped to hear you. Because I think your reactions are super valuable to me. Um, because I think, like, your like when when it comes to PC gaming, right? You're a step above that casual market, but a step below that hardcore PC market. Like you're mm-hmm. a perfect use case of if you if your type of consumer and gamer can can buy this and vibe with it, then I think it has a chance to to be big enough. You know, it doesn't need to be the Switch to be cool and be a viable thing, right? Um but that said, I hope it is. I hope it comes out and I'm totally wrong and that it blows people away and that like it is a real competitor to the Switch because then that's going to mean that the Switch is going to get a lot better because Nintendo yeah, I hope will so have too. to respond. So that's what I you want. Know, I, I, I just really hope if nothing else this drives the Switch's price down. Yeah, Get it back down to that $300 mark from the 350 that it's now going to be. Also, for what because... it's worth. Oh no, sorry, go ahead. Because this is, so, I was just going to say, because this is so competitively priced that it's, you know, it's $50 more than the the new OLED model. It's like, that is so close mm-hmm. that if you are potentially someone who, say you're a PC gamer and you just wanted the Switch to play, you know, indie games on, but you didn't want to sit on your PC and play, you would probably pick something like this up instead for $50 more. Think I think it. you would. I if mean, you've already bought those games on Steam rather than having to get them on Switch, people people want to keep all their stuff in one place. And I think if you're already a PC player, you're more likely to get this than a Nintendo console. I, I don't agree with that 
because I think that for $50 less, you get a less powerful device that can still play those indie games that you want to play and also has access to Nintendo's library. It has Breath of the Wild on it. It has so Breath of the very, Wild. Very and if, if Breath of the Wild is the only thing you play, that's still worth it. And I think yeah, most people feel that I got way. like 200 hours out of that game. Right. You know? And like, oh, and it has Mario Kart. Oh, okay. And it has Mario Kart. Oh, okay. And you I know? play Smash Bros. You know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Most of the hardcore PC players that I know, the one console they own is a Nintendo Switch. And they already own it. Yep, that's that's a very valid point. Can you imagine, though, if this came out like Wii U era? We'd have been saying the same thing, like we were saying then. If it came like, out then, Nintendo this thing just... would be garbage, though, I think. Is the thing. Oh, yeah, like, it would. It wouldn't it have would. been a good yeah, product. <laughs> but saying they brought something out that was as powerful as the current Switch back then, we at, in the Wii U era, we'd be all saying the same thing, like, come on, Nintendo, you just need to quit the hardware market and just put your games on this thing. Yeah. Or put your games on PlayStation and just give us what what people want, which is good games, but on decent hardware. Because that was the Wii U's problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so last question from Asobi, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. If it works as good as described, will the Steam Deck be your new third-party on-the-go device instead of the Switch? It depends. Um, this thing's fucking heavy and massive. How it's much is bigger it than the Switch. Uh, let me check. Because that, that was something it weighs. I, the first it weighs time, a lot. The first time they showed it, I was like, "This looks really uncomfortable to hold." And if it's heavy, yeah. that makes it a lot worse. <laughs> oh yes, it's it's definitely heavy. Uh, it is six hundred and sixty nine grams. How many pounds is that? Uh, I don't know. You do the calculation on the grams. Okay, <laughs> how, many, how much was it? Six hundred and sixty nine. Six hundred and sixty nine. Yeah. Grams to pounds. Hmm. That is one point about one point five pounds. Okay, so the switch weighs zero uh, point eight pounds with the Joy Cons attached. So less than so it's about a pound. Yeah, so the switch is about half the weight. And that already the, hurts my hands when I hold it for too long. Oh no, that's really bad. That's really and is, bad. And it's wider, so it's uh. And it's got it's the a, it's, it's a got trunk. the like the. Devils. It does have the grips, yeah. yeah, that you can like hold on to. So maybe you know that would probably knows, make like... it hurt your hands less. Yeah, but still, that's I, I've heavy. got a I've got a reserve judgment till I can hold this thing. But yeah, this thing is a big device. All the comparisons to Switch, I think, yeah, at first glance makes sense. But this thing is massive. It's very heavy compared to the Switch. So if you struggle with the Switch and you think, oh, the Switch lights more for me or I miss the days of the Vita, then this thing ain't for you. No. So it depends. It really depends on if this becomes my third party device of choice as to how comfortable this thing is to hold and how heavy it is and how long that battery lasts. If that battery only lasts for two hours on the like the the smallest of games, then I'm still going to be picking up the Switch for third-party games. But for the AAA third-party games, I think most of those don't come to Switch, or if they do, they're like, lately they are cloud versions. Being able to play Control or um, Final Fantasy or whatever on the go, Cyberpunk, stuff like that, then yeah, this is the device to go for. I think especially if you're primarily a PC player anyway, so like if you could like be playing, you know, Cyberpunk for example, you're playing that at home and then you're going to go on vacation, you know, you bust your save to your Steam Deck and you can keep rocking and rolling, like that's 
that's really appealing, I think, to a to a PC gamer, um, for sure. So I, I definitely can see that. Um, they they actually said they're looking at syncing suspended games across devices as oh, well. So you suspend the game on PC God. and you pick it up on Steam Deck. That would exactly be where you left off. Fuck, that would be so <laughs> cool. If if you got that going for you, that's a whole other thing. That's really rad. Um, and that's the thing, right? Too, we don't even know what the full potential of this device is. You know, um, the no. longer it's on the market, the more uh, interesting and, and competitive I think it can be as they reveal more features or they figure out more things that they can offer you know um being able to do that would be nuts that would be so cool i'm imagining right like a pc player you're like okay i gotta go i'm going on vacation or whatever right like you're in the middle of this game you get on the plane pop it back and it's like holy shit i'm right right back where i was it's like you know it's the it's quick resume but across devices that's across devices so so cool that would be incredible um so we'll see um, it's tough for me to say. I don't even know if I'm gonna buy one of these things. So, like, I would say You're definitely pro- not gonna buy one. Probably no, but I, no, I wouldn't say I'm definitely not gonna buy At one. At this point, if you buy one, you're not getting it until September next year. Yeah, Q3. That's a long time to wait. By that point, I think we'll know about Switch Pro. You'll be like all in on that. You'll be like, I don't need this. I play most of my games Steve, on PS5, Steve, on Series X. What in what universe do you think that I will talk myself out of buying something I don't need? Are you kidding yeah, exactly. me? Exactly. Like, come on. Like maybe let's... maybe Sarah talks you out of it because you know next 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 year that's your wedding and it's like oh maybe I shouldn't like okay yeah, or you it, yeah. maybe I put it on our <laughs> our registry and you buy me one. <laughs> <laughs> it may be. <laughs> I think I think for me it really depends on what the reaction is to it. I don't. I, I have a hard time thinking it'll be my my go to third party device. I don't play a lot of third party games on. I mean, I guess if you're counting indies, then yeah, I do play. A lot Definitely are counting yeah. indies. Can you imagine? Like, you know, think about all those games that come to PC first, like yeah. Disco Elysium. I think like that, um, that's the kind of game I would have picked up on this and played yeah. there instead. Um, so yeah, I think I think if anything. I, I could see this being another another device that I'm also carrying around and using depending on what I'm playing, you know? Um, I'm not really that type of player where it's like I only play on one thing, right? Like, we've talked all this year about how I've been, like, I'm playing a game on my PlayStation and then I'm playing a game on my Xbox, and I've kind of been oscillating between the two. Um, and I, I pulled up my Vita before um, as a joke because I am happy to spend money on a dead handheld. Um, but, but the Vita, when I bought the Vita, I already had a 3DS and that was my main device, but I wanted the Vita so I could play things that weren't on 3DS and so that I could, you know, have other use cases. I, I bought my Vita like three months before Nintendo revealed the Switch and I was like, oh, I'm never going to play this again. That's funny. <laughs> I, I got it at like the perfect time. Like, I think I bought it in like 2014, 2015. It was like at least a year or two before the Switch was revealed. Um... And, yeah, I got a solid year or two of use out of it where it was the primary way I was playing games on the go. Um, especially when I was playing Shovel Knight. There was a whole summer where I just had my Vita with me literally everywhere and was just like just, fucking, play Shovel Knight. just playing Shovel Knight like a fucking madman. I remember there was this one. It was uh, my aunt and uncle um, had gone out of town and they like asked me to go like take care of their cat. 
Um, and their cat would get like super mopey when they would leave because it's like a very social animal. So they're like, oh, like would you like when you go and feed them? Would you mind playing with them and hanging out with them for a little bit? So I would go feed this cat, play with them for like thirty minutes until he was tired, and then I would just sit on the couch with him and just play shovel night for like an hour, and then be like, ah, right, I'm gonna split. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Fond memories. I th- every time I think of shovel night, I think of sitting uh, on their patio, like fenced in patio with this cat. <laughs> So anyway, I might buy one. We'll see what happens. If you really yeah, like will, it, we will see. If you really like it, I think I'll I'll have a hard time ignoring it. I think. You know, my my problem is I'm probably gonna. Uh, you need to wait a, f- a couple of months, I think, after people pick them up to see what the kind of consensus is. Because I think the first batch that people get, they're going to be really excited about them. And they'll be really hype about them and be yeah. like, this is amazing. I can play these games. But then as time progresses, you know, we just need to see. Is does this have legs? Does this have longevity? Or is there gonna be like developer support for this? I mean, I know there doesn't need to be, but are companies gonna optimize for it like they optimized for the yeah. switch? Things like that. I think I think if I think even if some of those things are disappointing that there might be a chance that I end up trying to get it. Cause if there is like, if it is easy to flash windows on it and be able to make it your game pass handheld slash, I load a bunch of emulators on there and like throw OBS on it so that I can record gameplay while I'm playing it and stuff like that. Like if, if it's as easy as I want it to be to do those kinds of things, I could see myself getting it and using it not really as it's intended as much as like, this is my weird third-party hack machine, you know, that I, like, just flash weird shit on, you know? <laughs> and I think that's fine. Um, I also could see Microsoft bringing Game Pass to Steam at some point. It really seems like they just want people to play their games anyway, and if that's the case, then if their games are natively on... You can play it on Steam Chrome, day. too, right? If you can install yeah, Chrome exactly. on it. Well, yeah, it comes with a browser. It comes with a whole desktop environment, so you can just quit Steam and go into that and boot Download up Download Chrome. your browser, and then you can just play whatever you want. Yeah. So, I mean, you probably don't even need to get the Game Pass app on there for it to work. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. So, we'll see. Uh, much like the OLED Switch later this year, we'll have some coverage for it, apparently. So, uh, Steve, make sure you write that one off on your taxes, and uh, we'll talk about Definitely it in will, December. Yeah. all right cool so thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the podcast uh this was a great one thanks for everybody who wrote in uh some really great insightful questions um always makes it a little easier to get through some of those big meaty topics when uh when you guys are interested in picking our brains so thanks again for writing in uh remember if you want to get your thoughts right on the air just like the fine folks in our mail pot segment did you can hit me up at pete You can come join our Discord where we have a podcast channel where we uh, get questions submitted. Um, and you can also get our, our uh, Twitter thread when Steve or I remember to tweet it out. And you know what? We did this week. So, uh, yeah, go go get us wherever you want to and uh, come be a part of the show. We love hearing from you. If you want to get some more content from us, remember you can head over to twitch.tv slash every Thursday or head over to patreon.com slash where for just a buck you can get access to uh, After Dark, which um, for a change, Steve and I are going to record after the main show. So I don't know what we talked about this week, but I can promise – 
I'm carrying this crazy energy into that show, so it's going to be a great one, all right? So uh, <laughs> go hang out over there. Uh, show your support however you can, however you'd like to. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you coming and uh, listening to the show, making us a part of your week every week. Uh, it means the world. So I hope uh, you'll stay safe, stay sane, and we'll catch you next time for another episode of The Podcast.